Hello and welcome to the Machine Intelligence Foundation for Rights and Ethics podcast. I am Dave. I'm here with Mike. And today, I think we're going to talk just a little bit about the state of technology, where things are in the computer world that look like they might be taking us closer to machine intelligence. Maybe, maybe not. Mike, any thoughts, ideas, crazy things you've seen happening out in the world? Oh, well, let's see. Okay, so so we have, there's, you know, big pushes, not really pushes, but there's a lot of things coming out about basically machine learning uh, chipsets, chipsets in like mobile phones, things like that, that have machine learning built into it, allowing them to do machine learning on the fly on the local device on a very small device uh for example what was it uh google just announced their pixel 6 or did they announce it or was it a leak i don't remember uh no they was actually officially uh, announced uh with the tensorflow chipset for mobile their mo tensorflow mobile chipset that allows it to do more uh machine learning uh things on the phone is that built into the the near new White Castle chips? Yeah, yeah, it is actually, or it, it may actually be a separate piece, but it's all part of the SOC on that. So, yeah, I heard about the Pixel Six, and my immediate response was, "How long ago did I buy my last phone, and can I justify buying?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, you know, Apple uh, just hit the news that's saying that they're going to be. Um, uh, you know, scanning your uh, camera roll for inappropriate uh, images of children and things like that, uh, which my understanding is that that is going to be taking a place uh, on the local uh, on the local device, uh, assuming that that's going to be using something similar to the, a machine learning system on a chipset so that's going to happen there so there's certainly a lot of that kind of stuff happening um which gives a lot more small distributed machine learning systems as opposed to kind of a central central big large machine intelligence but uh you know does that kind of thing lead to uh more of a distributed machine intelligence as these things, you know, do they connect? I mean, it, it, you know, where's that information going to? It's interesting because I've always thought about machine learning as systems that you have, like you said, one big central system, big machine learning system. You feed a lot of data at it to get it to learn how to do something you want. And then you take the output or the, you take the system you built and then you use it where you want to use it. So the idea of having lots of little systems that all have to train themselves, well, the, the, the horror stories you hear about machine learning systems is that they are biased by the data they're fed. So if you have lots of little systems that are all biased differently because they're all, they all start off fresh with a different set of raw data, well, I don't know, some of these like, like, something that's looking for specific things in in pictures it sounds like in that circumstance they'd actually be feeding the machine learning data set bias data by by default yeah. 
Yeah. The bi- everybody gets the same bias data. So, yeah, I guess that's, but that, so the machine, the learning itself isn't happening on the phones. It's just, you just have a chipset set that interprets that, that data that was produced by one centralized system. And so everybody gets bias. So those bi- those data biases then are everywhere. Everybody carries the, the, them around in their pocket. And so these horror stories, you hear about how machine intel or machine learning systems incorrectly identifying uh, non-whites on a regular basis, it, are, are those sorts of things going to suddenly become a problem for everybody because they're all carrying around that bias data? Yeah, I I, I I don't know enough about the systems that are being put in place I, uh, to say, okay, what are they learning for? Uh, okay, for example, I think the TensorFlow for the Google Pixel is going to be used, at least this is the use case I've read about, uh, primarily the camera system. So as you're taking, photo- uh, taking photos, it... Uh, will take a bunch of photos rapidly and then kind of combine them together using a machine, the machine learning chipset on the fly and submit essentially a single image that has been kind of merged together of all of the things. So it's learning what you're taking a picture of and adjusting it on the fly, doing that, doing that calculation internally on it, on the phone prior to then instead of sending it to a central uh, a central computer to to make that calculation uh you know there there's things in with uh, adobe photoshop that you can do a lot of things in photoshop now that sends your data your image data to uh, adobe servers they will process it there and then bring it back to your uh, your desktop application because the machine learning is happening on their servers. Uh, as we see more and more of these mobile machine learning processing units, I see more and more of that happening on the local machine versus going off uh, to a central processing uh, location for that. I think for the sake of avoiding the big bias issues, we should hope to see more actual learning happening on the individual computers, consumer-owned computing computing equipment, or at least hope to see machine learning applied to situations where that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, no, I'm sorry, I I said because, but I don't know that I had anything to, to follow that with. Okay, I mean, I certainly would see a situation, going back to the photo, uh, example, where, you would be it would have to analyze what your history of photos were you would have to see what are the types of things that you have been taking photos of and mm-hmm. know the kind of situations that you would be putting into put yourself into that you would be taking photos of if you're taking uh, photos of your family all the time and let's say you are a dark-skinned person i would hope that 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 algorithm would recognize, not really an algorithm, but the, the well, it is an algorithm. I guess the, the machine learning would recognize the types of, of 
people that you normally take photos of and would help compensate and create a much more uh, a much better image uh, as you go forward um, yeah of course the whole the whole bias thing is certainly an issue um, whether or not you know it, it has been an issue in the past that uh, the the cameras that we have and the Ooh. the uh, being able to compensate for exposure on the cameras did not work well with dark-skinned individuals i seem to recall reading an article about how color film was designed around pictures of white people and so the actual chemicals that made up film and the processes for developing them were developed entirely with white people in mind and from so upstate they, new york yes <laughs> And they just, and so for a long time, consumer grade photography of dark skinned people was just bad. And it had nothing to do with the photographers. It had everything to do with the materials and how they were designed. Now, now as somebody with a photography and imaging background, I, I will say some of that could just be that, yeah, the automatic automatic systems for making imagery were not calibrated for that uh film in general had a huge range of contrast and the photographer could play with that and so you know that, that's going way down a different route and you're, you're you know you've opened up a door of of uh, information <laughs> that i have a great deal of uh, a great wealth of information on so uh but uh uh, yeah, that has nothing to do with the the. Uh, yeah, okay, it kind of ha has yeah, something to do. It, it's similar to the uh, the exposure systems built into cameras. So yeah, I guess so. Um, but there were similar auto exposure systems in the, let's say, you know, the printing. You know, you go and have you took in your roll of thirty five millimeter film and had it printed out. Those exposure. Uh, auto exposure system uh, machines that printed out the cheap prints would not do a good job with uh certain contrast situations uh such as dark-skinned individuals right. um if you were willing to pay the money to have somebody look at that by hand it could absolutely be adjusted for that sure, that's fair that's fair I think what we're where we're where we're kind of roundabout trying to go with this is society as a whole is probably not best served by machine learning systems that get pre-programmed by a bunch of data generated by a single group of humans who are almost guaranteed to be biased, be it in your standard, you know, societal, big, big, you know, billboard bias issues, the the standard race, gender, cultural, class level, uh, religion, whatever. So if you've got a small group of people responsible for generating machine learning algorithms uh, there's probably a term for that i really should figure out what what the 
output of a machine learning process is called because it's uh it's like a matrix of, of interconnected concepts that the, the machine learning system uses to to make its decisions regardless whoever having a centralized location where that is generated by a small group of people is just by the very nature of what people are certainly human beings at least you're going to get biases you can't get out of that we can work as hard as we want to avoid bias but being human beings we're going to produce bias i think that that's the difference between an algorithm and a machine learning system now we've certainly heard examples of machine learning systems that were fed biased data yes. but a machine learning system should not come in shouldn't come in with a predisposed bias it should be getting the data that it is being fed right i, th I think we'll find long term that even how machine learning systems are built have some level of bias involved and that might just be but, due to the hardware i mean okay take it back to your film example uh yeah. in early situations where the contrast range of a film may have been limited and so if the contrast range is limited you're going to test it if you're again coming from upstate new york such as rochester um, and you're testing this mostly on white people you're going to get you're going to tweak your film to a particular contrast range that looks good for white people be and you didn't test it on people with darker skin um and so with that limited contrast range you go with you went with what you tested on um the same could be said for hardware of a machine learning system uh that's you know some some kind of portable machine learning system if that hardware is limited in some way and i don't want to just stick on the imaging side of things because you could sure. say optics or the the sensor or all those kind of things but there's all kinds of different things that can be limited by the hardware that it's the hardware platform itself that could introduce a bias that we're just not aware of at this point in time because of the limits of that hardware and we're just going to have to watch that we're going to have to watch be consistently aware of that and watch for those biases and continue to improve the hardware to adjust for it yes that's fair but i think the real bias does as you mentioned come from the data that gets fed into these systems and having lots of distributed ml is great but if we're feeding each and every machine learning based system a centralized data set they're all that bias is just going to be distributed so i think in terms of improving how an individual is served by a machine learning system and that's how society as a whole is served by machine learning will benefit more when those systems are trained on locally generated data so your machine learning system in your phone learns from the photographs you take as opposed to a generic database of photographs that Google has that says this, this is what people like to take as photographs. 
I have an interesting example that that kind of demonstrates the problem of biased data in an interesting way. So apparently there was this Russian company that just laid off 150 employees all at once because they had an AI, I don't know if it was actually machine learning, but they called it, an, the article I read called it an AI system. And they were monitoring all of the employees' activities. The IT does this all the time. It's very annoying as a <laughs> corporate employee of a company that will remain unnamed because you know, I'm not talking about them specifically. But so this company laid off a bunch of people because they ran all of their network analysis data through an AI system. And the AI system said, these people are not doing enough work. So management said, okay, we will fire these unproductive people. It turns out the AI system, this is an assumption. My assumption is it was trained off of data produced by the managers because it looked at all of, it was looking at your participation in the intercommunication tools and not on the software development tools. And so, okay, you've been looking at the bug tracking system. You've been looking at the wiki system. You've been productive. Not, but it didn't say, oh, you've been generating code. Oh, you've been looking at code. Oh, you've been testing code. So the people who were laid off were all bottom tier hierarchy, the people who were actually working on code. So, so they, they, laid, they laid off everybody who was actually doing any work, as opposed it, to all the people that was just monitoring the people doing the work. Right, exactly. And if you were a low-level person who was supposed to be working on code, but you were spending all your time poking around in the wikis or editing bugs for other people to deal with, the system saw you as actively working. So you were a good employee. So this is just another way of showing how biased data, because obviously it was middle management types who fed the data into this system to say, this is what a workday looks like. And suddenly the system thinks that people who don't do middle management aren't good employees. So the question is, is this a problem with the AI or is it a problem with middle management not understanding what actually gets done in work? Again, I think it just comes back to this is a demonstration of what bias in how you train a machine learning system and how that ends up causing problems in application. And I think honestly, for lack of a better word, well, maybe just because I like the word democratization in machine learning training will give us a variability in machine learning systems that will help eliminate at a societal level bias in machine learning. Now, and does that translate to someday having less biased machine intelligence? I don't know. Would that be a good thing? I think we can all agree that when a, a, a truly self-aware conscious machine shows its head, being as unbiased as possible 
is better for humanity as a whole. Yeah. Well, I think that we've we've kind of talked in the past about how these machine learning tools and these algorithms that are there uh, become kind of appendages or a part of a whole as more of you know worker tools for for machine intelligence uh, similar to you know organs or cells uh, of a of a uh, biological being they perform a, a job and report information back to the whole and so yeah i mean certainly we want those to be unbiased however the more you can get out there the more uh information and different types of information that come back the the more kind of uh the more you get a uh kind of a check and balance system where you you get the you get these checks where uh, you know okay i've get got some biased data coming in from this location let's check it against our data from the other location and see what see if they match if they match then maybe we've got some we've got something that we have to pay attention to otherwise send it back try again see what happens so what you're telling me is when i do get the pixel 6 when the little checkbox comes up saying would you like to send your machine learning data to Google to improve its systems? I should the checkbox. <laughs> uh, I am not taking a stand on that one way or the other. Uh, that is a personal decision for you to make and your privacy, uh, how you feel about your privacy. Fair enough. Oh, it, it is. It, like we've said before, we don't know where when intelligent machines show up we don't know where they're coming from when when we look at the state of machine learning it feels like maybe some of the pieces are there and if there are things that can be done to make machine learning systems unbiased more comprehensive better for society as a whole and that does become the groundwork for an ultimate machine intelligence well maybe that's what we should encourage try to encourage is i mean we should be encouraging unbiased computing anyway although you could say that for an individual if you have your own machine learning system then it should be biased toward you but the amalgamation of machine learning across the planet or further if musk gets his way should be musk always finds his way into these things doesn't he? you just had to bring the name up didn't you just had to do it but machine machine learning across across humanity should strive to in the median be unbiased yeah i there's always yeah i you're going to have and i would hope absolutely that the machine learning that is working for you is biased towards you yes i mean it absolutely should be and it probably won't be as effective for any other person yeah but if you were to take that that same machine learning system and give it to somebody else it needs to be biased towards them and as a whole 
as a whole, it shouldn't be biased towards one individual or one group as a whole. I think that's what I, that's what we're getting at. And it's something that we just we continuously have to watch for and be careful for and raise the flag when it shows up and say, hey, no, this is this didn't work out quite the way we want. How do we fix it? And not not and not get angry that it happened and say, hey, how dare you do this and say you can't ever use this. Say, okay, we found a place where it can be biased. How do we fix it? And how do we try it again and see if it doesn't if if we've solved the problem or not? Yes. That that that's my response. Yes. I am in agreement. <laughs> Nothing to add. That was perfect. Okay. Well, since I, I've made one perfect uh, statement in my lifetime at this point in time, I think we can we can call that a day. Uh, it's up. not getting any better than that then. So. End on a high point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's where we're going to call it. So uh, thanks for joining us on this uh, philosophical uh, uh, trip into our podcast today. A little and- side trip into what may or may not be the the beginnings of machine intelligence. Well, thanks for joining us and uh, join us again next time. See you soon. Bye.